Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by 2021 Golf Manitoba men's match play champion, Lyle McKenzie. From stud junior golfer to even taking some time away from the game, he got back to his winning ways last season. Well, we should have reached out to uh, this guy, but he ended up reaching out to us on our Instagram, so you can follow us. I think, what is our tag, Mike? Do we know what our, um, what our handle is on Instagram? It would be uh, at 18 over par pod. Yes. And you can also find that in our show notes, as well as a link to our MySpace page, which unfortunately is dead. But nonetheless, you can try and get to our MySpace page from there. But uh, Lyle McKenzie is super excited to have you on the show and super to have this guy as our presenting sponsor this year. That is Bryce Matlashewski. He's an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 515 Three four four six. You can also find his information in our show notes. And Lyle, you and the fam, you're going to be getting yourselves an eight-inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can check them out at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Neverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And DQ St. Anne's Road is going under a renovation, so by the time this pod comes out, hopefully that'll be done. And we were talking a little bit before we came on the pod. Hopefully they keep that retro feel a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it could use uh, some updates here and there, I think. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a hot tub on the roof or something. <laughs> I, I don't can't confirm whether that is the case. Nick uh, didn't let me know, but yeah, uh, certainly they have an iconic look to that building. And I think Nick said they're just going to be updating some of the, the interior and, and uh, keeping some of that nostalgicness. Is that a word? Nostalgic. It is now. We'll run with it. But maybe sure. he's using some stack burgers as piles under there to keep everything level. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see what he says. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But uh, hopefully he can. He'll just donate them to us. Yeah, that would be nice. And uh, nonetheless, let's get into the golf talk. So, Lyle, how did you get into this wonderful game of golf? Wow. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I think, I think I started playing when I was really young. My, my dad loves the game. And when I was probably five or six, I, I have some, some memories of, of being out on the range with him. And um, there used to be a program at Southwood, the old Southwood before they, they moved. And it was called little, little swingers. And I have a brother and a sister and, and I'm, I'm, 
pretty sure that my parents put all of us in there at an early age. And uh, my brother and I stuck to it. My, my sister, not so much, but um, yeah, started pretty young and, and never, uh, you know, never really looked back. Does your brother still play the game now uh, like you, or are you better than him? My brother plays quite a bit. Yeah. I, I he plays at Mayaqua and, and we, we play together every week and he he's, he's a great player. He's uh, he's, he hits it farther than I do and a little straighter than I do. And, uh, he's, he beats me many times throughout the summer. So, well, we should have got him on then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Let's call him right now. He's Let's, on the line. Yeah, he's on the line right now. <laughs> he's going to get the DQ cake now, but no, none, uh, nonetheless. And I guess, was there a period where you kind of, um, dropped off the game of, of golf and then came back to it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I played a lot as a junior and I, um, that's kind of when I started competing and, um, kind of really found a new love for the game. And I think I'm just a really competitive person. So I, I dove into all these golf tournaments and I was, um, playing a lot and, and, uh, I think I kind of overdid it. Um, so by the time I was, I would say maybe 19 years old. I had finished my first year of university and I played one year with the, the U of M Bison team. And um, I wasn't playing great around that time and I wasn't practicing as much as I probably should have been. And um, yeah, I, I kind of just took a few steps back and then I started a career. And um, of course it's, it's tough to maintain your golf game when you're, when you're starting a new career and working, you know, 40 or 50 hours a week and, Next thing you know, I, I moved to a new province and then it was honestly probably seven years later. And I, I, I hadn't played more than 10 or 12 rounds a summer. So, um, quite a long period where I, I didn't, I didn't play or compete or do anything like that. And, and that kind of, um, I guess that really helped me find a new appreciation for the game now. And you mentioned playing a lot as a junior. So Mike, do you have some of the stats from, I believe it was at that time was the Maple Leaf golf tour, the Maple Leaf junior. So, golf tour? I think, yeah, Maple Leaf junior tour, uh, tour. maybe uh, Lyle could tell us what the tour was actually called, but <laughs> I, I think they just called it MJT. And MJ I, I believe it's, I believe it's still going. Um, it's really well put together. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was an, there was an article from the, the website from I think 2008. So you would have been, it said 16 years old. Uh, it was a qualifier for the 2008 China junior open. And uh, so it says McKenzie drove the 289 yard par four hole and two potted for a birdie in a victory over Scott Mazur. And so you, you were one of six Canadian junior players to qualify for the 2008 China junior open. And uh, that must've been an experience. It uh, was. Yeah. Really neat. Um, yeah. Like what was the course like over there? Was it different? A little bit of culture shock. I imagine uh, going over there as a 16 year old, or perhaps you've spent a lot of time in China at that point. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, that was, that was my first experience abroad. Um, it was really cool. I hadn't won a golf tournament before. So that was, that's funny that you found that. Um, that was the first thing that I'd ever won on the golf course. And it was, it was pretty, 
pretty wild. It was a two day tournament. And then, uh, and then, yeah, that was, I remember there was a playoff hole and it was at Transcona golf course. And, um, yeah, it was pretty wild, but the, so six of us, um, they had these qualifiers all over the country. And then the winning six, uh, went to China and played in this tournament. If I remember correctly, it was in the middle of our winter. So it was pretty tough to, to go, in you know mid-season form so lots of lots of practicing at the golf dome there weren't simulators um you know 12 or 14 or years ago or whatever that was so it it was you know i don't i don't believe i i have no idea what i shot over there i don't think i scored very well but it was pretty cool i mean it was a really it's it was it was like the canadian junior i suppose but it was the the china version and um Mm-hmm. it was a kind of, you know, felt special to be part of a team and to experience a new culture and, and a warm welcome. And yeah, it took so many pictures that I still kind of keep in my office and there's the golf courses are, are insane. Like, you know, you can see, you can see castles, you can see the views just are incredible. Um, and we got to do some, you know, some sightseeing and that sort of thing while we were over there as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. There were some pictures on the website and the, the clubhouse uh, almost looked like a castle or a brick castle. And there was these, the driving range, you were hitting through these like brick arches or something. It looked like, uh, yeah. I'm sure you can, they're all on the MJT website. So you can reminisce oh, awesome. there. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, the part of the article said you guys got stuck in a, like the worst snowstorm in China's history on the way back. <laughs> Is that something you recall? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Hey, I mean, you know, I feel like living in Winnipeg, all we do is, is talk about the weather. And I actually had a conversation with, um, with a friend of mine just yesterday about like, do you think people that live in Phoenix talk about the weather all the time? Like it, or is it just, it's too you know, hot. is it just not hard? My balls are sweating. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so we're kind of conditioned for the worst of it living here. And then of course, you know, hop on a plane for a day and a half or whatever it took to get to China and then experience a snowstorm there too. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it was like the worst weather they've had in 50 plus years or something. It was, mind you, it was pretty minor, but they, they don't have any equipment to deal with that sort of thing. Mm, right. And there's like the traffic is, is, outrageous and it's you know there's not a whole lot of rules on the road and there's certainly no winter tires or anything like that so it was it was uh yeah it was an experience yeah yeah no that's something interesting i kind of picked and like yeah i kind of i couldn't imagine going over there and and playing and some of those uh courses in asia boggle my mind yeah just in indifference to what we see in north america but yeah i'd love to go back as an adult now and and you know just just play those courses again that that i was at but but also you know i i like i i i'm sure there's a stat out there for this but like you know golf is is massive in china and and all over asia now and um you know it's a completely different game out there and a different type of golf course it would be really neat to see what it's all about Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to add it to our 18 over part tour. Uh, we are <laughs> in, our, in our freezer truck from Bryce Matlachewski. We're rolling, That's down, the, right. rolling yeah. down the number one and the yellow head to all these places and the West Man and Parklands and 
We're going to fill a freezer truck full of ice cream cakes and uh, travel the world. Now we need a 747 ice cream or a freezer plane. Anyways. <laughs> you might have to reach out to uh, to some airlines for sponsors. I think. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. NetJets, right? Isn't that the one that all the, the pros, uh, pros use? But uh, anyways, that's pretty cool, I'm sure. Uh, and then, yeah, you, so you seemed like you had a pretty uh, competitive uh, junior um, some junior experiences moved on to U of M there, and then you kind of fell away from the game, and um, and then uh, then you came back to well, you moved away. You said, or you you moved away from Manitoba, and then you you came back, and you kind of fell in love as we kind of talked about before. You fell back in love with the game. Did you just walk? You just picked up the clubs again, and then you won the twenty twenty one Manitoba Men's. <laughs> match play <laughs> how did you you know if you could tell us uh did how that came about yeah you bet um it was like in my previous career it was it was so like i didn't have spare time for anything i was i was i, I actually moved seven times in in 10 years with that company wow. and um and it was a, it was a great company and learned so much, but, but golf was just an afterthought. And it wasn't even that I was missing the game at that point. I just didn't have time to play. And, um, yeah, I, I think in the, in August of 2020, that, uh, that position and that company made a lot of different changes. And obviously that was the height of the pandemic. And, and I made a career change at that time as well. And, um, and that, when that happened, I, well, yeah, I had moved back to Winnipeg, Winnipeg by that point, but um, I had a lot more time to, to kind of shuffle my priorities around and figure out what I wanted to focus on and spend time on. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of realized golf was like this all important to, thing to me growing up and, um, and it just like wasn't part of my life anymore. So I started practicing again and I got a membership at Nanaqua where all my buddies uh, that I grew up playing golf with at Southwood had moved over to and, and yeah, just a lot of practice. And I mean, I was self-employed for the summer as well, which was quite helpful. I had a lot of, um, flexibility with, with my schedule, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I, I, I returned to, to golf Manitoba events and, um, it was, it was pretty neat. Well, especially seeing the the pictures that we'll be posting on uh, or have already posted on our social media channels, uh, just seeing you can really tell the excitement like going into that tournament where you kind of just like, ah, I'm here, I'm going to see what I got. Or did you actually think you might win the damn thing? Uh, no, I, I I certainly didn't didn't have that thought. I, I think the only golf Manitoba event um that I had played in prior years. I, I, I tried playing the amateur, like, I don't know, maybe in like 2018, I got the itch to 2017 or 2018. I, I got the itch to give it another shot. And I, I wasn't practicing enough. And I, I shot like 88, 89 and missed the cut or something like that. So my expectations were pretty low. I just knew that I was playing a whole lot more now than I, I was then. And I was practicing the right way and I had a coach and I, I was working out and doing all these things to help my game. And, um, 
no, I didn't have any clue that I could, I could win, but I think that as the event progressed, it, it kind of became clear that if I kept doing the right things that I would have a chance. And, um, yeah, I, it obviously all worked out for me, but I think in an event like that, the second that you start thinking that you could win it, um, you know, you probably won't just because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one day at a time, one match at a time. It's you're playing, you have to qualify and then you win five or six matches in a row type thing. So if you're already thinking three or four days out, you've probably lost the whole of the match that you're on that day. Do you prefer that uh, match play to stroke play? Yeah, I think I do. Um, I mean, it's, it's easy to say that given that I won this tournament last year, but I, I think that, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a different game. You know, I, I think that a stroke play tournament is probably mentally um, a little bit more draining because, you know, you don't really have, you don't really have room for error. You have to be on and focused uh, for four days in a row or for three days in a row. Um, and it, it's pretty exhausting at the end of a, um, a three or four day event, just because you, you're just scrutinizing every single shot that, that you play. Whereas in, in match play, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be focused, but, um, you know, you can lose a couple holes and still win the match. And I think that there's kind of a, a sense of security, if you will, like you can, you know, you can chunk one, you can blade one, you can hit the bush off the first tee and you can, you can win the next hole. And, and you kind of always have that ability to, to come back. And, and, uh, I think, I think it's a little bit, I mean, you can also have very intense matches where you have to, you know, birdies are the only scores that are winning holes. But I, I, I think I prefer the mindset going into a match play event than a stroke play event. Was there a particular match last year that stood out to you uh, other than the final one? Or maybe it was the final match that was the kind of cherry on top that were like, yeah, that was a, that was a damn good match. Yeah. Um, well, well, that one, you know, for sure. Um, I believe it was the, the quarterfinals. Um, I played against Will Hudson and we took it into a, I went on the third playoff hole, I think. And, um, like, like this guy was just like, so good. Like he wouldn't, like, he didn't miss a fairway all day. And this kind of goes against what I just said about match play. How like sometimes you can, take, you can take a hole off and get away with it, but um, like he was, you know, wouldn't miss a fairway. Like every putt that mattered, he was draining it, and uh, and like it was a really competitive match. And I, I'm sure, you know, neither one of us probably got up or down more than one. So it was it was a battle, and uh, and yeah, thankfully I was able to to outlast him on the third playoff hole. But that one, as soon as I, I finished that match, I kind of realized that was probably the, like, if I could do that, I, I can win tomorrow. So that was kind of, that's kind of where I probably first realized that there was a, a chance, but I still tried to not, you know, think too far ahead. Um, and then, yeah, the finals um, against uh, Brent Ingram, that was, that was a, a pretty, um, a really competitive match. And I think we both had the lead for, for, for certain 
you know, amounts of holes at a time. And, um, it really was like Brent was two up through, I don't know, maybe 14, I think two up through 14. And, and I was getting, uh, I was starting to panic for sure. Like I was, it was, it definitely felt like it was starting to slip away and he was, he was, he certainly deserved to be winning all those holes. He was, he was playing better than I was. And thankfully I was able to kind of find something towards the end and, and made a couple of birdies to, to edge him out. But that was, that was a, a test for sure. Sounds like it. Well, anytime you can win, uh, win something like that, uh, and you probably have to go through a, a bit of adversity. And now that you, you did win it, are you going to be going back and playing any golf Manitoba events this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately I won't be at the match play. I am getting married on Saturday and Saturday is the qualifier. Yes. So thanks for um, the invite, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you can make it work. Yeah, no, I tried. Um, I don't think it'll, I don't think we can wedge it in between (laughs) photographs and, and the ceremony so there's not um, like an automatic uh qualification for a past winner or or maybe you guys got a honeymoon planned or you know it's a busy week it's hard to fit it in <laughs> i think with with this event it's all seated right so you they take the low 32 and it's one place 32 two plays 31 etc okay. so so every year they have a new qualifier so um so I'll, I'll miss that one, but I am, uh, I'm signed up to play in the AM and the mid AM and, um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be qualifiers for those as well, but, uh, yeah, excited for that. And, um, there's a tournament coming back this year called the Elmhurst Invitational at the end of June. Um, to, they have a, the winner of that tournament, uh, I believe gets a, uh, exemption into the Canadian amateur. So that's, you know, that doesn't happen too frequently outside of, you know, the, the Manitoba amateur. Uh, so, so I'll be playing in that one as well. Is that, uh, I think that's part of the Prairie scratch tour. I think this year, is it uh, not the Elmhurst invitational or it may be a different uh, Elmhurst tournament that's uh, going on, but nonetheless, are you going to be competing in any Prairie scratch tour events? I won't be this year. Um, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure what the optics are on the, on the Elmhurst tournament. Um, it, I think it, I, it might be associated with the scratch tour. Um, I, I, I don't really know who's running it, but I know it is, uh, uh, a really competitive event. And I played in it a couple of times when I was much younger. And I remember it was always very well put together and the prizes were great. And, you know, the field is like, I, I think, I think the people that get the invites to that tournament are usually the, basically always inside the cut line at the golf Manitoba events. So they're, they're really competitive and that's kind of, um, yeah, that's the main reason that I wanted to, to be there. I was really happy to get the invite, um, for the Prairie scratch tour. I, I have a one and a half year old now and it's, uh, I've kind of negotiated my way into three or four weekend tournaments this summer and um when their schedule came out and i ran it past my better half it was kind of a you know i don't know if we need to play golf every weekend this year situation so 
Um, not at, I'm, I'm not signed up for any of their events, but I, I see on Instagram, it looks like they just finished the first tournament and it looks like it was a success. And, um, yeah, I used to play hockey with Jordy who, uh, who is, um, uh, running that tour from what I understand. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope that they're successful with it. I think it's a pretty, pretty cool idea. Yeah. We're hoping to get uh, Jordy on and, uh, the coming weeks, Anyways, we plan to have him on. We were going to talk to Ben Bandura, but he turned us over to uh, Jordy because he has the better, I guess, voice. I don't know. But nonetheless, um, yeah, shout out to uh, to Jordy. Hopefully we'll get you on uh, pretty darn soon. A little, it's another pod, Two Sticks. I think this is, might have been the first time we mentioned the, that pod on our podcast, but it's two Manitoba pods kind of coming together to chat golf, so it should be fun. And if yeah, Jordy, it's cool. I mean, yeah. I was just going to say, it's, it's neat to have... Like, I, you know, when I was, when I used to, I mean, I was, my baseline for comparison is when I was a junior golfer, but when I was a junior golfer, like if you wanted to check your scores and not that I'm, you know, 65 years old or whatever, but like you would have to go on the internet and you would go on the golf Manitoba website and it would take forever to load. And then, you know, there wasn't live scoring and, you know, sometimes they'd be in the newspaper the next day, but like, now you've got Instagram, you've got guys like yourselves and uh, the sticks guys that are doing podcasts and, you know, all this info that's out there. So it's kind of cool to, to be able to, um, yeah, it's just neat. There's more eyes on the sport. It's, it keeps it interesting. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to uh, to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple, uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me on you guys. Yeah. D- discount brokers like well, simple, uh, certainly have their place. Uh, but at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that, but what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with, with making some of those trades. And so finding balance is, is another key thing that we do for our clients at, at Endeavor. That was Bryce Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. Primarily on this uh on our podcast, we talk a lot of golf, golf Manitoba, people from Manitoba and the prairies. Uh, you know, we talk a little bit about the PGA. Uh, we have our uh, special episodes for PGA and shout out to uh, 
our PGA championship episode. And we, we did mention the winner among 20 other people. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> the quote JR, he said, uh, bet on, ju- or what did he say? Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, yeah, it was, you were like, you said, reverse psychology where <laughs> the, the initial time that, uh, we talked about JT and really, I think it was the first time we talked about the PGA tour on the first ep- or first season of the podcast. I was like, Oh, I don't think Justin Thomas is going to win again. And then he won that weekend. He won the players that weekend. So I looked like an idiot. <laughs> and so of course I brought that back. I'm like, you know what? Justin Thomas is not going to win. So put your money on JT cause I'll probably win this weekend. And sure enough, yeah, he did. He won. He's a big fan of the podcast, so I probably had him. Uh, had no, him he his boots uh, a little his, bit, so he had to prove me his, wrong. After yeah. I tagged him a bunch on Instagram, <laughs> his people blocked us. So, <laughs> but uh, I, what I was going to say is, uh, Lyle, do you watch a lot of professional golf, or not really? Yes. Yeah, I do. It's it's on constantly in our house and um yeah you know maybe not so much on the thursday and friday but definitely a, a sunday afternoon saturday afternoon it, it's always on and for sure and do you, you plop the little one down and say you're gonna do this when you get older that's the goal yeah we're, we're uh we're not quite there yet he's got a little set of plastic golf clubs and mainly we just you know, he just kind of swings them at our dog. Um, so we're trying to correct that behavior, but, um, but yeah, no, he, you know, he, he seems to like it. I mean, it's, uh, typically we watch hockey and we watch golf together and, and, uh, yeah, he, he seems to kind of, you know, it looks like, it looks like he enjoys it. I guess you could say, I mean, he, he'll actually sit down and watch it. So that's kind of cool. There's a lot of things that you put on TV and he'll just run away. So, Well, stop showing horror movies in your house and maybe he'll uh, stop running away from the TV. (laughs) Bad parenting, poor parenting right there. No, I I kid. But that was the exciting thing for me is I got to watch a little bit of the PGA Championship this weekend. And my daughter, who is four, she was clapping at the right parts. So I was impressed with that. Mm. Yeah. I was like, hey, right on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then she's like, how come he didn't get in the hole? I'm like, well, because he's not as good as your dad. We're figuring That's that funny. out. Yeah, we're figuring that out. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were teaching her baseball tonight. And then, of course, the baseball hit her finger and pinched it between the bat and the ball. Ooh. And, yeah, so not a good start. But, uh, hey, it happens. Yeah. I'm still still learning how to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start a baseball podcast next, so maybe we'll get better at that sport. <laughs> I'm, I'm not your guy there. I, uh, I've never been, I've never been very good at that one. No. What sports, what other sports did you play growing up or currently? Uh, I like well, hockey, it, hockey and golf have really been the sports that I played my whole life. And, um, I still play on a beer league hockey team and, um, that's fun. It's, uh, you know, once a week at, kind of ridiculous times of night usually 10 yeah. 30 um, p.m yeah <laughs> I, yeah i know it all too well but uh yeah hockey and golf have i tried you know like like most kids i tried a lot of different sports when i was younger but um i have some friends that that played a lot of baseball i was never very good and i couldn't keep up so i i stuck stuck close to the golf course i guess smart move Turned out okay for you, it seems like. Uh, but on the hockey front, uh, you ended up playing junior hockey, did you not? 
Yes, I played um, I played junior for a few years in the uh, the MMJHL, so major major junior. Mm-hmm. Manitoba Major Junior Hockey League. And a big shout out to the St. James Canucks again, who uh, won the championship this past year, ending a drought of twenty four years. And I think we'll wow. yeah, I think we'll talk a little bit uh, about that uh, with Jordy as well when we get to him on because you ended up playing. Did you play a year or two with him? I did. Yeah, I started out. I'm. I'm from St. Mattel, um, so I played on the St. Mattel Vicks as a uh, all throughout minor hockey, and then uh, I played on the, the major junior Vicks team for one year, and then they dealt me um, across the city to uh, to Seven Oaks. Oh yeah, the Raiders. So I, was, I was on the Raiders for a couple of years, and um, it was fun, but our our team was tragic we were and i was i'm, I'm a goalie so um yeah it's, it, it was rough yeah i did look up the standings from from those years you know i think it was like 2008 2009 and the, the canucks weren't uh weren't any better much better than the raiders i think in those years yeah not surprising it was uh there was i remember you know two or three teams were were untouchable really and the rest were near the bottom so yeah well don't bring up the stats too too much because i know yeah there's some tough years for a lot of teams that are going in there i think the hawks the charleswood hawks were really good throughout that era i I could be wrong but i i remember yeah they they usually always had a stacked team and now they're not doing as well yes moons and levens will never come back on the pod because uh because i've yeah you basically because of the <laughs> Several times, many, many different topics. Um, as long as we beat them at the Heckler Champagne Championship, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yes, yes. I did have a few. I wanted to. I wanted to ask uh, about the match play because again, yeah, I think it's yeah. pretty interesting going back there. Uh, so, it was at Grand Pines, and uh, I was curious if you'd ever played Grand Pines before. Did you ever? Did you go? Do you go out and scout these? amateur courses uh like the the courses that the events are going to be at or or uh, do you just kind of go blindly <laughs> um you know i think you're supposed to go out and, and scout them i've, I've heard that there's advantages <laughs> to doing that um i had played grand pines with my dad when i was pretty young and uh I, that was, that was it. So I had like some vague memories of what the course was like, but, um, no, that was it. I played I, last summer. I also played in, in the amateur in Nipawa and just because it was so far away, I didn't go out to play a practice round. And, um, I was pretty happy with the way I did in that event. And I was like, well, I did well there and I didn't know what the course looked like. So why not give it another shot here? Um, and again, it's probably not the right mentality, but it seemed to it seemed to work okay. Um, but again, it, it probably had more to do with the fact that I didn't want to drive out of the city to go play a practice round. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I can't say that that's the right thing to do. I think I just fell up. <laughs> well, it's impressive when you think about it. For someone who even taking time off from the game, and not that you maybe wanted to, but then coming back and being able to play or going to a new course to be able to play, that says a lot about you and I'll pump your tires a little bit because usually like for me if I play at a Cinnaboyne which was my typical home track I would always shoot well but I'd go somewhere else and just shit the bed yeah. um, and so for yourself to be able to 
play good damn near anywhere. That says a lot about your game. So uh, kudos to you. So how do how do Mike and I get better? How are we going to win the match play 2023 and beyond? <laughs> I think I think the, I think step one is just getting your reps in. I, I'm not uh, I'm not sure how how often you guys play, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't get better if you're not out there frequently. So I would say challenge yourself to get out there a few times a week. And that way, you know, you can see progression throughout a week, a month, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I think last my, year, I, uh, my wife. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, JR. Uh, was a, JR is a busy, busy guy. I had some more time available to me last year. So I got out about 40 times, which is still, you know, it's not bad, not bad, especially, you know, I don't belong to a a course. We are free agents, as we mentioned earlier. So we're kind of just going everywhere, all over the province, probably played, you know, 30 different courses in in China (laughs) next year, next year. Uh, They have the qualifier for the match play uh, next year is in China. But, uh, and then I sprinkled in some lessons, uh, last year as well. Some, some of the, uh, pros we talked to gave me some tips too. And so I've been trying to mash it all together. I don't get out to the range as much as possible or, or, or ever, because I just prefer to go to go and play because it's more fun. But if, uh, if I put the time in the range, I'm sure the rounds would become even more fun. My question is, do you, do you spend time practicing or do you get lessons yourself or you you you're kind of self-taught in that way yeah for sure um i do i i spend quite a bit of time practicing now with um you know with my career and i have like i mentioned i have a young son and um you know all these family obligations and stuff i have to be a little bit more creative with my time than i i you know, used to when I was, when I was much younger. So, um, a lot of times I'll be going to the the golf course outside of the work day to to practice for an hour or two, whether that's just, you know, a lot of chipping and putting. Um, I can sometimes after I drop my son off in the morning at daycare, um, I can run over the chipping green for an hour and, and still be able to start my work day by, you know, eight 45, um, that sort of thing. And, or, vice versa, you know, in the evenings after he goes to bed, I can go hit balls, I can go practice. And, um, that's pretty productive time for me because you, you don't really have to worry about, you know, you're not really missing out on anything. If, if, you know, you, you've, you've kind of worked your full day, your kid's sleeping and it's kind of you time at that point. So I try to really take advantage and plan for those, those little pockets throughout the week. Um, and then I, I, I do take lessons as well. So, um, I think that's, you know, if you have whatever your goals are, like if you just want to shave a few strokes off, or if you want to get a your handicap down a couple points, or you're trying to win another golf tournament, like you just, I, I believe that a second set of eyes is so helpful. So um, the there's an assistant professional at our golf club. His name is Jonathan Wigner, and he's um, he's been really helpful, and he's uh, he used to to play professionally. Um, I don't really have 
too much knowledge of, of where I believe he played um, in some events on the Canadian tour a few years back. And then he spent quite a bit of time in BC. Um, but I've known him since I was quite young and he's, he's been really, really helpful for me. So I, I typically, we, we call them just more, more like check-ins uh, or checkups opposed to full out lessons, but we do that a couple times a month and it's usually minor tweaks, but it's, it's really helpful to get someone else's opinion. I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. Especially somebody uh, who is good at golf. Not, not my, uh, not my buddy who is uh 30 handicap. <laughs> but so what do you, I guess, speaking of handicap, what are you, what are you uh, playing at right now? Ooh, um, it's, it's tough to give you a number. Like, you know, our course opened like, you know, eight or nine days ago. Right. Right. Um, so like the last two summers, I've noticed that my handicap wall, it's kind of a bit of a, a curve, right? It'll start here. And then, in the middle of August is kind of where it, it get, it'll get to its low point and then it starts to climb back up a little bit. Why um, is that? Why do we, I get worse at golf in mid August too. I, I blame it on the hot weather, but uh, no, you're know. supposed to get, you're supposed to get better mid August. <laughs> I don't know. It's my, uh, Mike gets tired. Uh, I get sweaty, I think. And uh, dehydrated maybe, but uh Oh, sorry. I was interrupting you. So you were, you're trending towards a plus. Well, I, so last year, uh, like the golf Canada app, I'm sure you guys have it. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's, you can, you know, you can track your pots, your, you know, literally everything. And I, the, the low point last year was um, I think plus 1.7. Um, mind you, it was only there for, a week or so. Um, but I, I spent most of the year between, between zero and one. So this year I, I, I probably don't like, I know that some of the scores last year are still blended into my number, but I don't really, I don't know. I don't really feel like I'm playing at a zero quite yet. Um, but getting close for sure. It's going to, I'm sure in a, in a couple more weeks, I'll, uh, I'll be right back where we left off last, last fall. My index is still uh, counting rounds from three years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but hey, maybe, I don't know. I should look at it. Maybe there's a really good, there was a really good round in uh, 2019 there. And uh, it's picking up on that. But wow, that's uh, that's quite, quite the uh, score. Index. It would be kind of cool if the app like highlighted, you know, or if you could highlight specific rounds from years past and just kind of like keep them as like a, I don't know, just something to kind of be proud of on your homepage when you log in. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, I think it, there, it maxes out. Like it only goes back two or three years. Um, yeah. I don't know if that is a, an official index calculation thing. You can't have a round in there. That's that old maybe, but it'd be cool. I think yeah, as they make this app better, we have lots of ideas for golf Canada. So we'll, yeah. we'll send them, we'll add it onto our list, but, uh, you're close to the engineers, Mike. So yeah, you can, uh, give them, <laughs> I have called them. There's a few, uh, <laughs> a few s- errors in my calculation last time. So our last year. So I, I directly called them too, just like people. <laughs> they're nice though. They, <laughs> they answer your call. Not too many places answer your, your phone calls these days, but, uh, I don't know where I'm going with now, but, uh, oh yeah. Looking up. Yeah. Like the, you know, your best score, like, you know, 
different rounds that you could highlight as far as achievements. Yeah, that would be a good, I like that, uh, that idea. Yeah. We'll yeah. certainly bring it up, but <laughs> we're making this spreadsheet. We got the bingo card yeah. for golf Manitoba for all the courses. And now we got, the golf that one, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a trending one. That was a good one for Mike. We'll yeah, I haven't, I haven't post. I I haven't made it my computer here, and I just gotta post them out there, fax them out to everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll send me your no, send me your fax number. Send everyone <laughs> send me your fax number, and I will fax them out to you. I'll go to uh, the UPS store there because I don't own a fax machine, but. Uh, <laughs> I know a guy who does. He keeps it in his truck. But uh, carry on here. Let's let's move on. I was going to say, did you want it? Did you have any more in regards to the match play? Um, I, I was kind of like mental warfare questions. Like, do you got any in- intimidation tactics that you <laughs> that you are using? But you seem like a pretty nice guy, so I don't think you're trying to. You're probably just playing your own game, worrying about your own game, and not trying to get in somebody else's head. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good point. Um, I'm, I'm still learning how to do that. I don't, honestly, I, I don't really, I don't have much experience on the, the game within the game. Um, but I mean, when it comes to match play, like, I think what everybody thinks of is like, you get to a point where, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have to decide whether or not you're going to give somebody a pot. Um, and like those decisions can, have an impact on the match and like I've seen people not give a putt that was six inches and you know maybe there's a a tactic behind that um I'm like again my most of my match play experiences is is this event last year and I I don't know I, I I think I just try to be fair like if it's I'll I won't give anybody a putt that's over like if it's a three foot putt or a two and a half foot putt, like, especially if, you know, as you get closer and closer to the finals, I mean, those don't get given, like you have to finish at least in the matches I was playing. Nobody was really, nobody was given putts. It it just, every stroke is worth so much at that point. But I think earlier on in the tournament, maybe, you know, you're, you might get the odd one or you might give the odd one just based on, you know, if the guy hasn't missed a putt in six or seven holes and he's got, he's got two and a half feet up the hill, like, you might, you might feel okay giving it to him, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I don't really think about that part of, of match play a whole lot, but, um, I don't know. I kind of try to just feel out my opponent and, and if, uh, like if, if they're being very frivolous with the putts that they're giving me, I might be more inclined to give them back, you know, one that was kind of on the longer end of that, that measuring stick. But I, again, I, I have a tough time giving somebody a putt that that doesn't seem like a tapping. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that I'd, I would just give everyone the putt. I don't want to, I don't want to anger anyone. You're, you're, a, you're somebody that walks up and says, good for good. <laughs> yeah. Good for good. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, like where both of the putts are good. Yeah. Is that right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. If you're good. Yeah. They're both out. Of, they're both six feet out. Good. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we do. We don't get a lot in our, in our matches uh, like that. Uh, I know for, for some no. men's nights, even, even at the bone there, they did the circle just to try and 
keep up or keep the pace of play going. And it, the circle always seemed to be getting wider and wider and wider. <laughs> so, next so if it was in, like if like there was a circle on yeah. the green, and if yeah. it was within that circle, but you pick it up. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So that wow. Was, yeah, that was nice. Just kind of kept things uh kept things going along. And then when club championship came around, you know, all these guys were just shaking in their boots, you know, because they're so used to just picking up the ball all the time. So that was it was quite fun. Well, that's the other thing, right? I mean, you know. And like, I notice it all the time when I'm, when I'm playing with buddies and, and that sort of thing. Like if you have somebody who's so used to picking up a ball from anything inside three or four feet or whatever their barometer is for a gimme, like when you actually have to start making those, they're, they're way harder. Like you, so you may as well just finish. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's, like, med, unless it's men's night and, yeah. you know, the focus is on pace of play and moving it along, I guess. Well, it's not really on pace of play, but uh, yes. I think, I think pace the, of years. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's no, it's for pace of play. Yeah. To be like, okay, donkeys get going. I, I believe that was the direct quote from Glenn Mills, uh, the head professional there at a, at a Cinnaboyne golf and country club. The Royal Assiniboine. The Royal Assiniboine golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other match? Oh, yeah, play no, ones those were the, those are the match play ones. No other. Uh, those were just my. Those were my match play questions. Yeah. Cool. Well, it seems like you're a pretty busy guy there, Lyle. Is uh, what what aboats are you doing for work now? Uh, I, so I work in the automotive industry. That's where most of my my career has has taken place, and I work for Nissan Canada. Um, so I am a essentially a sales rep with with Nissan Canada. I work with eleven dealerships between. Uh, Winnipeg and Calgary and um, somewhat of a relationship manager with uh, with the ownership groups that that run those dealers and um, yeah kind of a liaison between the manufacturer and, and the, the franchisees I guess you could say I like that cool well hopefully it, uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, it gives you enough time to yeah, actually hit the links and uh, you know even spend some time with uh, with family as well. Do you have to do any traveling with that? Like, have you played uh, a lot outside of the province? We might get to that a bit more in the back nine, but you can maybe give us a taste now. Yeah, you know what? I, I haven't played, uh, I haven't brought my clubs with me on a, on a work trip, um, but I'm in Alberta one week of the month, every month. So um, there's lots of courses out there and lots of the dealerships that I work with have uh have guys that are are asking if I want to come out and play. So sooner or later, I'll 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 bring them out with me for sure. There's so many great courses in in Alberta, but um, yeah, I, I like that. I like the travel aspect of of my job, and it's uh it's a really great company, and um, I do get to work from home when I'm when I'm in the city, and that makes you know family time and 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 that sort of thing you know really doable. So yeah, it's all it's all going really well so far. Well, Mike, do you want to touch on your Nissan Pathfinder? <laughs> I do. Yes. Yes. We, <laughs> we got 20 minutes here, so I'll tell you all about it. But <laughs> what was it? It was a 92 Nissan Pathfinder. Purchased it um, uh, recently. So two years, uh, it was about a year ago. I uh, unfortunately had to lay it to rest, uh, but I had it for 11 years. Um, so that, at that time, it was like a third of my life I'd had this vehicle, and I'd been all over the province, into the U.S. Uh, a beautiful Nissan Pathfinder, limited edition. At its time, I'm sure it was like a fifty thousand dollar 
SUV. And then uh, I think I bought it with, I didn't very, I didn't put very many kilometers on it. I've only put like a hundred thousand kilometers. I, I don't, I don't drive too many places. I live fairly close to work. Um, but yeah, loved, loved that Nissan Pathfinder. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, JR wanted to know how much I loved it. So he, he asked me that question, <laughs> but the body, uh, the body rusted out yeah. and uh, the engine would have, uh, would have gone for, I'm sure 400,000 million kilometers. But uh, yeah, in the end it was kind of dripping oil and I'm sure there was, it probably wasn't, there was probably no oil in there at the end and it would just probably go for another hundred thousand kilometers. But uh, it was, yeah, it was good. It was made in Japan. So that's, that's how you know it's good. <laughs> Speaking of Japan, what clubs do you have in your, uh, in your bag? Nice transition there. Uh, that's, that's kind of funny that you, that you bring that up. I, I have some Japanese clubs in my bag. Nice. Uh, I have, I have a really strange mix of golf clubs. I've got a, I have a new driver. I got it last winter. It's a Titleist uh tsi3 i have i've never been able to hit a three wood my whole life i'm just it's just not worked for me so i have a 16 degree utility um that my dad bought for me used in 2004 Nice. And it's made by a company called Casco. Okay. And I don't think Casco's in business anymore, but um, I have a recurring search on my uh, on my eBay account <laughs> for any one of these clubs that goes up for sale because sooner or later this thing's gonna break and I, I need another one. Um and are you finding anything out there? Anything coming up? I'm also left-handed, so that makes it increasingly difficult. Um, but yeah, sooner or later I'll find one. But no, it's it's it, you know what I, I'm. It's just one of those clubs where every time you pull it out, it just looks right. You know, you're comfortable over it. It goes the, you know, I'm sure there's clubs that go a lot farther than that one does, but it it just serves a purpose, and it it just you know I don't know, it's just really comfortable and probably my favorite club too. I've just like my whole life. I've always had that thing in my bag. So, um, and then I have Srixon irons. So a Japanese company, Mm -hmm. um, my wedges are from a really small, like micro brand that just started a couple of years ago called Smithworks. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty neat. They got some aggressive grooves on the the faces on some of them. I'm sure <laughs> those ones aren't legal. I'm, yes. I, I I think you're most likely playing a legal uh, a, a a a rule uh, abiding groove on your wedges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. They have um, they have these like. I don't know. It basically looks like a piece of sandpaper on the face. Like they've got really, really like you know they've got X's and like so much friction all over the face and it's, it's like a trick shot club really. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, my wedges are, are conforming. By Con- conforming. Yeah. That was the word I was looking for. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I actually first heard of the company because I saw these ridiculous videos of these people spinning the ball back, like, 
mm-hmm. way too far. And then I noticed that they they made conforming clubs as well. And um, yeah, I was I just like wrote them an email and I was super curious. It looked like a bit of a different club. And I, I always like to try new and weird golf gear and mm-hmm. um, bought them, liked them. And yeah, I'll, I'll probably end up buying another set of them when these ones wear out. So um, I've got those. And then I have a, I have a Nike putter from, uh, I just put it in the bag this winter. I, uh, I don't know. I have a weird obsession with putters and I, I have too many and I swap them out frequently, but this one, this one will probably be sticking around for a while. It's, uh, it, it, it seems to be working so far. That's like, um, what year was the Nike putter made in? This one was made in 20, it was actually made in the end of 2015. So right before, I think they, they closed their golf hard goods business in 2016. So this was their, uh, it was their last like tour model. It's, uh, it's called a method origin and Rory used it for a little while. Um, I'm a really big Rory fan and he actually had this like signature model of it that says his name on the back of it. And I, I was, I've been trying to find one, but again, it's a, it's a left-handed situation. He's right. Still them. So right. I settled for this one that doesn't say his name on it, but, uh, yeah. You could get a laser engraving of his signature. I'm sure you could find that easier than maybe on eBay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that that's going to help the ball get in the hole. <laughs> it might. <laughs> it certainly might. Yeah. 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 Quickly on the two questions on the wedges. It was funny because I used to have this spin doctor. Are you familiar with the spin doctor? That's the sandpaper one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a wedge. Like it was, I think it was a dip made from a, yeah, a different manufacturer and the, the face of the wedge could pop out and you could right. put like a rubber uh, grip in there, or there's a metal one, or there's like all these different grades of, abrasiveness and then i was playing with it i think it was like that i had had the rubber the rubber face on it and yeah you could stick it you could roll it back and people were like amazed at like how i could do this and then finally somebody noticed and knew what it was and they're like that's an illegal club and i didn't I don't think at the time I really knew that it was illegal. And then unfortunately uh, I took it out of my bag and I, I lost it. I have no idea where it went. It was probably the guy who called me out. He probably took it. And now it's in his bag, but. Uh. <laughs> was, uh, I remember those. And I mean, you could like, you could hit those out of, you could hit those out of like a water hazard and it would spin back. Like it's, yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Um, I remember, do you remember those wedges that were called pure spin? They were like the infomercial golf channel wedges from no oh yeah, same sort of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. And then how many putters do you have in total? I just sold two, um, because I was getting a lot of pressure from my fiance and, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm down to four now. Okay. That's not too bad. I know some guys have like 15 and 20 and that's ridiculous. Yeah. I I try to keep it to ones that like I would realistically play golf with. Like I I don't. Yeah. I I mean, like anything, they're only getting more and more expensive. So there's no point hanging on to ones that you don't think you'd use, but I don't know Uh, if, if I like it and it, there's so many different looks and styles you can go with too. It's nice to have some, some options because 
you don't putt well every day. And sometimes you just need to come home and grab a different putter. Well, maybe that's our, uh, to... our error. And there, Mike, we need some more putters. <laughs> I think so. I, I only have one kind of, I recently had purchased the Kirkland putter. I don't know if you're oh, yeah. familiar with this and it's kind of styled after what the Scotty Newport, I think it is. Forgive me <laughs> for the fact checkers if that's not correct. But, and so I started putting on the mat and I actually bought it for my fiance as a, as a gift, which is funny, but I really wanted it. But uh, <laughs> we went over this before as like Homer Simpson buying Marge a, uh, a bowling ball, but I put better with this blade putter combined uh, in uh, better than I have a mid, a mid mallet um, PXG that I spent way too much money on. But uh, so now I, I'm still playing the PXG, but tempted to bring the, uh, the Kirkland out to the course and I haven't yet, but yeah. So I only got two putters, but very different. And I just kind of figured I should focus on one and try and get good at one. Uh, and rather than trying to play two different putters, but I guess maybe it could be that I am more of a blade putter style person. You never know. <laughs> but we'll let the pros figure that out. I'll have to go for a putting analysis. <laughs> yeah. uh, so reach out to me, fax me, please <laughs> get at me so I can get a putting uh, lesson. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. We we can cut the last 10 minutes of that, <laughs> JR. No, it's gold. <laughs> Good. It's gold like your gold floors. But are, are you ready? Do you want to jump into the, the back nine? I do, yeah. Do? Okay. Yes. So we'll get into the uh, back nine lightning round. And hopefully I have, I put in last time around, I put in a thunder clap. But you couldn't really hear it. It was more so rain than a thunder clap. So I'm going to try and find a different one and put that in. And we'll see what Ooh. happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So thanks, uh, Gary. Uh, nonetheless, let's get into the back nine lightning round. It is for Bryce Malik. <laughs> it's for Bryce Malachewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. You can also, one click in our show notes, you can uh, get a hold of those as well. Ring those phones. Ring those phones. Give him a call. Don't fax anything to his phone number. Or that could that could cause some issues. He might drop us as a sponsor. Um. All right, Lyle, Mac. Do people call you Mac or is it McKenzie or Mackenzie? I always get those ones. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Mackenzie. Um. Yeah. <laughs> My my brother's name is Brian, and I'm Lyle, obviously. So growing up, it was always BMAC and LMAC. So that's kind of the, the the more common one that I hear. LMAC, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. My name's Mike Smith, so there wasn't a lot to work with there. <laughs> <laughs> like the Edmonton goal. Yeah, he's having some success. Not really. Maybe it's more so his uh, offense than himself but uh <laughs> he's playing <laughs> but uh yeah, so i often i often get mixed up with him <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh we'll carry on here so uh back nine lightning round a uh, some rapid fire questions that often do, uh, don't don't rapid fire so uh have you ever got a hole in one no 
No. Close, you'd think, I had hope, maybe. Yeah. Um, last year, I had a really close call. It was, you, you know, you see those pictures on social media where it's like the, the pitch mark is like in the hole mm-hmm. and the ball is like a foot away. Yes. Uh, uh, I had one of those at, at Breezy Bend last year. So it was. Oh, wow. That, that's probably the closest I've ever been, but not yet. Yikes. Thanks. What's the ruling on that? I think that's always the discussion is like whatever the golf rules, Instagram account, it pops up. It's like, is this count or what happens in this situation? So like, was it outside of like the interior um, of the hole? Or? Oh, like, yeah, the, the pitch mark was right on the lip of the hole, but the ball, oh. the ball wasn't like, I know what you're talking about. The ball wasn't plugged into the lip. It was, a, you know, a couple of feet away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those are the ones. Yeah, the the balls like, yeah, like you said, plugged into the ground and right next to the hole. And it's like, well, what's the ruling here? But um, so if you did get a hole in one, what 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 is your preferred golf ball brand or model that you're playing? Uh, I switched it up quite a few times, but I I seem to always go back to the Titleist Pro V one. Very nice. Yeah, we haven't had a Pro V1-er in the last yeah, few episodes or maybe even this season, which is very surprising. But you, uh, yeah, I use Pro V1s too, but they're used. So I, but I've been told that they're not, uh, I shouldn't be using used balls. But yeah, I also use... at uh, Grand Pines, they're loud during the match play. Mike may have picked them up. <laughs> yeah, well, I play there... A few times last year, so you might have found found some of mine. I'm sure you weren't looking in the bush, but uh, um, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. Uh, But also, shout out to TaylorMade because I have been playing some TP5 picks, and uh, that's been going pretty good too. So, you know what? Yeah, I would sorry to to cut you off, but I saw EJ there with the TP5. He, I guess, new kid got a new little one in his life. I saw him at the Children's Museum. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, mom nice. and the, mom and the new baby were having some time at home, and so he took uh, his daughter out to the children's museum, and I was there for a birthday party. Uh, not my birthday party; it was uh, <laughs> my daughter's friend's birthday party. So it was uh, it was a blast. But anyways, Lyle, as you were, <laughs> well, I, was, yeah. I was just gonna say I uh, I played with with Eric last week, and I you know I, I've never played one of these picks balls before. I didn't really understand what it was, but he showed me how they work, and I guess if you you know, if you putt it properly, it creates like three lines, right? It's kind of a neat concept. Yeah, that's good to know because I didn't know yeah. that. I think I, <laughs> you have to put <laughs> in order for that to work. I guess. I think I I did find I did find it maybe more so in my my iron and driver. Like focusing on the ball was easier, you know. And I've tried that in the past where you like draw something a dot on a ball. But this mm-hmm. was, this was uh, so you know. There's graphics surrounding the ball. Um, but yeah, I'll have to watch my putting. Um, yeah, there's a way you can line it up where, like, if you roll it straight, the the picks, like, when moving fast, they blend together and they form lines. Mm-hmm. Good, good to know. Wow, learn learn something new. I'll have to look up. I'm sure there's a a YouTube video or something I can I can watch to uh to learn about that or just fax ej i'm sure you get back to me <laughs> yeah. um what is your favorite course to play in manitoba 
um, probably probably Southwood. Both of my parents are members at Southwood, and I I play there. I th- I think I think you're allowed to play five or six times a summer as a guest, so I usually max that out. And um, I just think you know it's probably my favorite because it's the most different. It's mm-hmm. it's always really windy, and um, it's just you know there's lots of fescue. It's linksy. You have to you hit different. I hit different shots there than I do at my home course. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a nice change of pace. Cool. Yeah, you have to be creative. That's a lot of people. A lot of people complain about the wind, uh, in not just Southwood. Southwood can be horrendous because it's it's fairly open there. But but I mean, we live in Manitoba. I mean, you're gonna have to if you want to play golf, you're gonna have to play in the wind. I think, and and it almost does make it more fun that you have to be creative. Uh, now, I hit my shots lower than most, so so maybe I'm not. You know, I'm not seeing the negative effects of the wind, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's good. Hey, that's a, I, I think a lot of people try really hard to hit the ball low. So if you've got that figured out, you're ahead of, uh, one step ahead already. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, what would be your bucket list course in Manitoba that you've never played, but you'd love to get out to you? <laughs> I've never played golf at Clear Lake and every summer somebody tells me that it's beautiful and it's a great golf course. And for whatever reason, I've just never gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, we, I got up there a bunch. JR went last year. Um, yeah, it's a great course. Beautiful on a bunch of elevation changes, which you don't see here in the city as much. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful nature and it's short. So I'd actually play it well nice and maybe uh, this is the year this is the year you can come with us in our freezer truck bring, bring the family there's your honeymoon right. done <laughs> oh my god yeah live off ice cream yeah and hey, stack burgers and stack burgers yeah exactly uh what is the what would be the most memorable course that you've ever played um, it's probably like, it, I, I would say it's the old Southland course. It doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. but I, I played at that golf course from when I was five or six years old until, you know, when I was, I don't know, they, I think they, I think they moved in 2011 or 2012. And I feel like I was there every day of the summer, like for my entire youth. And I can still like picture the whole course and you know every hole and you know you drive i drive past it on the way to bomber games and that sort of thing and it's kind of sad because they haven't done anything with the land it's just like and there's like paths going through it um and it was, it was sold to the university but it hasn't really been repurposed into anything so like you can still see the holes which is it's kind of you know I don't know. I kind of wish it was like a housing development or something just so it was like, you, you didn't have to look at it anymore, but right. um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I love that course growing up and and that's where I learned to play golf and that's kind of, yeah, it's always been like my, 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 my favorite, I guess. So any destination courses anywhere like North America that, that you've played that, uh, that stand out? You know, I'm not, I'm not that well traveled with, uh, 
um, with golf anyway. Like I've played a couple of times in Kelowna and I feel like any golf course in Kelowna is really neat. Um, but I would love to go play Cabot in, on the East coast. Um, so that might be, I think that that'll be maybe a future golf trip. I think if, if, my myself and you know my my family or my my buddies wanted to go plan something i i think i think that would be where we'd go cool yeah not well traveled but you have played huang shan golf club in anhui province china <laughs> i think that was pretty good i don't know i don't know that if that was good or not but it sounded like we can uh yeah. we can ask we can ask someone i i tried Fact and i think checkers, i yeah. i think i it sounded realistic uh, so one thing i my yep. one thing I remember about, um, like I, I'm going to have to go back. Can you, like, if you could send me the link to this website, I'd like to yeah. go see these pictures. But there's, um, I remember my mom sent me with like a digital camera and I was you know, taking pictures of everything while we were out there. And there, I have this picture on that golf course. There was this, like, you could tell it's a, a danger sign. Like it's like a yellow triangle with like, like it just looked like, you know, like a do not enter, like a beware sign type thing. Yeah. But it had, it had a rattlesnake on it and then Chinese symbols all around it. And it was, they were like all over this golf course. So I'm petrified of snakes and nobody could tell me what this sign said. So it was a very (laughs) good, good place to have a junior tournament. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe it's a regular thing there though. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's um, that was that you know you mentioned mental warfare earlier. That's that's about <laughs> as close as it gets for me. <laughs> throw throw a fake snake in the bag. Now we know how to win next match play tournament. Yeah, throw some down. Oh, there. that I don't know, like a for the fake snake or the uh, you often see the videos where they. Ones. They clip the snake to the the guy's like leg, yeah. and he's like, and then he just runs around, and obviously the snake's following him. And, Lyle's and sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to imagine that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, yeah, you kind of touched on it with Cabot. Uh, what would be your bucket list course anywhere in the world? I think I would. I think I'd probably have to say, you know, one of the most common ones like St. Andrews or Pell Beach or, or something like something or something you see on TV all the time. I mean, I don't know if you're allowed to say like, I think Augusta would probably be the clear number one, but I mean, it's almost unfair to say that because like, you'll, I don't know, like how would you ever be able to play there? Right. Yeah. But I think Saint, we're, Saint we're trying Andrews, to find out. So. Yeah, we're, we're actively yeah. working on it. <laughs> nice. Um, St. Andrews is a public course. So I, I think I, I really look forward to British opens when they're at St. Andrews and obviously that's where they are this year and mm-hmm. it's kind of the home of golf. So that would be, that would probably be number one, number two, maybe. Mike, sure. be your caddy. Yeah. he's got his caddy notes for St. Andrews. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I did go and it was fun. And oh, I, no look, I look forward to watching it on TV this year. So yeah, no, great experience. And, and there's so much golf out that way that, and, you know, you could, you could do the whole tour of Scotland and, you know, there's so many great courses and so many just, uh, I'll call them 
maybe goat track courses that aren't, you know, $500 to play. And, you know, you still probably get the same sense of, mm-hmm. of that, uh, you know, link style course. But uh, yeah, St. Andrews, pretty, pretty cool place. Did you go on a, like a specific golf trip to go up there? No, no. I went, uh, went with my, fiance just uh for a travel see scotland kind of thing whiskey uh castles and um and uh nature kind of thing and i said okay we got one day this is the day that we're going to be in st andrews area and tried there was a ballot didn't get on the ballot and then uh i or didn't get my ballot picked and then i waited in queue from like 2 30 a.m and and then uh, got on and, you know, for, I waited for like five to six hours outside and it was pretty cold out and, but it was well worth it and kind of part of the story too. So if I went back, I might try and another way to get a tea time, but uh, I do plan to go back and we'll see. We'll see, nice. but uh, we'll make it, we'll add it to our tour. Yeah, the of world the, tour. Uh, <laughs> the world tour now. The seven. You guys are going to need a t-shirt and you can just start like a, like an eighties rock. Yeah. T-shirt. That's right. That's a great idea. Yeah. Add that to our list. I believe the impetus of the, the Scotland trip was you were trying to track down Rory McElroy and uh, <laughs> you, you realized it's actually Northern Ireland. <laughs> He's from Scotland. <laughs> I uh, I had a gaffe, yeah, last season, and uh, I said Rory was from Scotland, and I was quickly corrected. But we made a now it's a hey, look at it now. It's a good joke. Yeah, it's a great joke. We'll have to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> the Scotsman Rory McElroy. Like, then we'll go to yeah, the, the guy who showed up with the tiger uh, to the tournament with right. was a mugshot on a the mugshot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I meant, yeah, so I'm sure we'll have lots of St. Andrews talk, uh, when on our open championship episode, but I do, I do talk about it quite a bit. So I'm sure you could get the whole story if you clipped all of the last 40 episodes together. Um, uh, next question, uh, what is your career low round and where? It doesn't even have to be career, like in a competition sense, like maybe even just um, in a, in a casual round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This past summer I shot minus four at Niaqua and that was, I think that was, that was probably my career low round. I I know I've shot minus four at the old Southwood course. Um, I, I don't think I've ever got past that though. So that, that's my, uh, yeah, that's my number one. That's pretty in, good. In, a, in a tournament. Um, I've never got quite that, that low before I've got, I know I've shot minus one in the tournament. I know I've shot even a number of times, but, uh, um, yeah, pretty, I, I don't have a, I don't have a whole lot of tournament scores that start with a dash. So that's, uh, that's something I'm working on still. <laughs> right. Well, Ditto for if you're not doing, yeah, if you're not doing anything in the morning of your wedding, I have a, a goats uh, hockey tournament. Uh, so if you're interested in coming to us quick scramble before you get married, um, come on down. Um, is you're that really something you, yeah. Is that, do you go at any scramble events? I know like do people always try and, um, you know, call you up and say, Hey, you got to come in this tournament with me here. 
Um, yeah, I feel like there's always corporate tournaments. Um, and I play in, and those are just, you know, they, like if, if the company I work for is, is sponsoring or something like that, I might go play in one of those throughout the summer. My brother, um, runs a charity scramble golf tournament. Um, and he's been doing that. I think this year is going to be maybe the ninth year, maybe even the 10th. I'm not sure. Um, and that benefits a charity called heroes hockey and heroes hockey is, is all about getting more involvement in the game and then also more resources to underprivileged um, or marginalized youth. So it's a, it's a really neat thing that, uh, that he does. Yeah. So um, I always really look forward to that. Uh, that's coming up in, I feel like a couple, like early June this year. So. Oh, very cool. Nice. Right we'll have to, we'll have to check that out and our listeners should check it out too and put in a team. There you go. Or stop listening to us, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, Next one here. So, uh, from listening to the sticks podcast there, I, I learned that you only hit your driver twice within, uh, the match play tournament. Is that correct? Yes. So my question is how long do you hit your four iron? <laughs> um, oh, that's a good question. I, I think if I, I think if I really hit it on the screws, I can hit a four iron about 200 and, 20 yards nice nice and then or or are you using your 16 degree japanese uh (laughs) rescue there that that also that was uh that was a favorite at grand pines there was lots of cascos and lots of four irons at grand pines nice yeah that's that's certainly amazing and obviously it's a, a strategy that worked for you i know i'm Obviously, uh, I never turned down an opportunity to pull out my driver and smash it. And uh, off the oftentimes deck, on the I, green, he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I found with that course is like, like some courses you can, you know, you see you, there's, there's trees and there's bush and, you know, you can hit your ball in there and you can find it and you can chip it out and keep playing. Grand Pines was, it, I just felt like, Anytime it was like, you'd miss the fairway and you'd be, you'd have to hit a provisional. So for me, it was just way easier to, to keep that club in the bag and sacrifice some yards off the tee just to, to make sure I'm in play every hole. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I don't know if that would help me at all because, um, <laughs> I, my long irons don't do too well anyways, but, uh, let me know. Different, uh, different strategy. I don't have one. So um. <laughs> one way not to use it to ensure you don't use it. Is not one. <laughs> yeah. It's not wrong if you don't have one. Right. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, so the next one, our flagship question, LMAC, what is your favorite condiment? I'm a mustard guy through and through mustard. There you go. I feel like that's climbing the ranks now, eh? Mustard for, for as many times as we've asked it. What is your, your go-to mustard? Do you have like a Dijon or just your regular yellow mustard? I've got a few. Yeah. I've got a, I think we have a, like just your standard um, like a honey Dijon. And then I also have this like sweet and spicy Dijon and that's, uh, that takes the cake right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just so many varieties of mustard too. That so that's yeah. 
Maybe that's why. But you know, you could say the same about some other condiments. What, what's the what's the strangest answer that you've got to that question? That's a good question. Um, oh my, I don't know. To me, it was we mayo. Like because like, I don't really know that many people who like mayo. And so that mayo was is still very, anyways. and mayo is still popular. Mm-hmm. Like like a lot of people say it, but I also, you know, the odd times when I'm feeling uh, the urge i'll you know get some mcchicken sauce or some mayonnaise with my french fries uh it mostly like a french fry thing i think but i also like mayonnaise on hot dogs and uh hamburgers and and my carrots and watermelon um (laughs) i'm trying to think yeah like as far as a weird thing like um, what was the Australian one? The the verm uh, the ver oh um ver oh yeah. That's I keep wanting to say vermiculite, but yeah, that's same, a type of same. insulation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't want to be eaten. Anyways, that. <laughs> no, we'll have to look. We'll have to look. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I guess that would be the probably it, the oddest one, but that I don't mm-hmm. know if it was at Jacqueline. I don't know if she actually. Said that that was Jacqueline Steep. Yeah, I think we pulled it out of her. But mm-hmm. uh, anyways, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to look at that. That's a great question, Lyle. And uh, you'll have to start We're your own podcast and, and have us on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But that that wraps uh, that wraps up all my zany questions. Right on. That was the uh, back nine lightning round for Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. And as well... Uh, probably after your wedding as a nice honeymoon present, uh, Lyle, you and the fam are going to get yourselves uh, an eight inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Well, this was awesome. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us tonight and uh, hopefully uh, the wedding goes spectacularly. I'm sure it will. And uh, you maybe hopefully get to play some golf this summer too, but uh Hey, we'd be happy to have you on our world freezer truck tour. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, I've, uh, like I told you before, I, I, you know, I was pretty happy to discover a a local podcast about golf and and something I really enjoy listening to when I'm, when I'm on flights or driving to work and this, that, and, uh, yeah, really, really nice to, to talk to you guys and get to know you a little bit. Oh, well, thank you so much. We might have to go out and try some of your putters too. We'll see you. We'll see if we can yeah. make that happen. <laughs> All right, thanks, well, thanks Lyle. Again, Lyle. You have yourself a wonderful night. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo! brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is 
You can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.